Greetings, Divine Spirit. Welcome to our sixth show of Deepen in the Divine. And uh, another new intro music there that was from uh, Run to the Sun. And that was a uh, kind of a band that I was in when I was living in Seattle up to earlier this year. And um, it's a, a song that it's one of my favorites, actually, because it's based on uh, the lyrics are based on, of course, miracles, which uh, as some of you know that have been following the show. That's pretty much what this show is about. In fact, we used to use that song to open up um, the last radio show that I did with my best friend, Sheldon Joe, who's also a huge A Course in Miracles uh, student teacher. And um, yeah, so if you like that song, you can actually go check it out at bandcamp.com. And the band name is The Course, uh, C-O-U-R-S-E. And the song is Run to the Sun. And it's, uh, I think if you go to the main page, you'll see that the the album was Heartburst in Reverse. It's a really cool red cover. I had uh, found somebody, um, that contractor, graphic designer out on the internets. Uh, I think he lived in Malaysia or something. This amazing, brilliant guy. Um, so yeah, that'll kick us off for today. And today's show topic is happy, happy, joy, joy in the dream. So we're definitely going to be talking about A Course in Miracles, forgiveness, happiness, joyfulness, uh, forgiveness. I think I might have already said that, um, but it should be a fun show today. So I just want to welcome everybody to uh, the Deepen in the Divine spiritual community. And this is a like-minded, a group of like-minded spiritual folks who just yearn to cut through everything and fall back in love with the divine or with God. And uh, we'll learn and talk about tools to help us remove blocks to love, uh, which is what A Course in Miracles aims to do, remove all the roadblocks to love, which is God. And that is just at least something in my life that I've chosen. I really want to um, just have God fully, completely in my life. Um, and, but I don't want to do it in a way where it's like really weird or I'm out there preaching. Um, I'll talk about it kind of like what we do on this radio show, but I'm not going to like do the evangelical preaching thing. Um, but if that's something that resonates with you, that's awesome. And um, I just want to remind folks that uh, if you go to my website, it's Kreitza, K-R-Y-T-S-A.com. And sign up for the newsletter. Um, you'll automatically get a free ebook. And right now, it's one of the nonfiction books that I put out. Um, this one is called "Try Storming Your Life," and it's just based on uh, techniques that I learned when I uh, worked for Boeing for many years. Of all places, I learned um, lean manufacturing techniques, and there's a lot of amazing um, tools and techniques that I learned through these Japanese Toyota consultants, and I eventually learn how to apply them to my life. Um, this try storming idea, the idea of trying things rather than just thinking about it or just letting opportunities pass by. So I think there's a lot of great helpful tools um, in that book um, that I've learned through my life. I even did some workshops on it and some people got some some amazing value out of it as well. So I just want to share that ebook with anybody that signs up at krytsa.com. And um, like I have been doing, I'm going to offer also that anybody that signs up for the newsletter today, December 15th, 2017, I will also gift or offer the gift of a 60-minute intuitive reading. Uh, so there you go. You get, get a couple gifts 
just in time for the uh, the holiday season, the Christmas season, um, which has turned into, I guess, giving gifts, even though that's clearly not what uh, the origin or intention of more Christ, um, I think, had in mind. But well, I'll stay in the spirit of that, um, especially for those the Westerners and Easterners that are into that kind of thing. Um, but uh, for today's show, again, because it is live today, if you're listening um, and you feel called or guided, you've got some questions about your life, um, I do offer intuitive guidance. Uh, I had a wonderful call with a, a gal uh, here on the West Coast uh, today and uh, just love gifting readings out to people. So feel free to call in and that call in number is 888-429-5471. Um, and that's if you're in the, the U.S. If you're outside of the U.S., that number, the direct line is 323-744-4841. All right. And as always, to kick off the show, um, today's A Course in Miracles quote. This is from the text. It's uh, chapter 2, section 1, paragraph 4. And the topic has to deal with um, the concept of the dream, which is what we're going to be talking about today, except we're going to be talking about how to be how to live a happy or joyful life, even while you're in this dream or illusion that A Course in Miracles talks about. So here's the quote. Only after the deep sleep fell upon Adam could he experience nightmares. If a light is suddenly turned on while someone is dreaming a fearful dream, he may initially interpret the light itself as part of his dream and be afraid of it. However, when he awakens, the light is correctly perceived as the release from the dream, which is then no longer accorded reality. This release does not depend on illusions. The knowledge that illuminates not only sets you free, but also shows you clearly that you are free. So this theme of, of living in a dream reality, uh, an illusional reality, is repeated uh, quite often throughout A Course in Miracles, because that's quite honestly um, usually the first step in the forgiveness process, especially when you're not feeling peaceful or happy or joyful, is uh, to remind yourself that, hey, this is just a dream and not to be taking this so seriously or not to be allowing it to affect you so that you're basically distancing yourself from God. And we'll talk a little bit, we'll talk a lot more about that in today's show. In fact, I want to share what I think is something really cool uh, in a little bit. I'm not going to give it away just yet. Um, but I also wanted to do the second um, intro part of the show, which is we always take a, min a moment uh, for gratitude. And so for today, I just want to share how grateful I am for all of the people in my life, uh, those that I can see and those that I can't see, that remind me how good things are and how good they can be. Um, and also just being surrounded by people that are doing a lot of good in the world, that have good hearts that do see their brothers and sisters as equals and as just a part of themselves and how they give back uh, even in the world, even if it's an illusion, just giving. Um, a lot of people say giving is the same as receiving because basically if you give, you're giving to yourself. And you know whether it's karmic law or the law of the universe, I think it's just the law of God. The more love that you give out, you receive the same in return.
So just for yourself while I'm talking here, just think about some some things that you're grateful for uh, in your life right now, or maybe just in the past if that's all you can think of right now. The, uh, the attitude of gratitude is just a, a very beautiful place to constantly remind yourself because I think it's real programmed and it's really easy to see all the things that are wrong, which is very true. I mean, uh, like as A Course in Miracles talks about over and over again, we live in an illusion. We live in a, a world that's basically run um, you know, by a crazy mind. And our split egoic mind is pretty crazy. And we see evidence of that all over the place. And of course, the media loves to remind us of that. Um, I live in, currently live in Southern California. And the big news all the time right now is the fires, the fires. And a lot of people you know, are nervous or afraid and wondering what's going to happen. Um, you know, and of course, I think we all need to take care of ourselves physically, but to live in fear constantly over and over and over again is just buying into how real the nightmare is or how real the dream is. And that's not part of the forgiveness formula, which we'll get into here in a little bit. And so before we dive into all this, I just once again wanted to remind people if you want to call in with any questions or uh, for any intuitive guidance, uh, that number is 888 429-5471, or if you're outside of the U.S., the direct line is 323-744-4841. All right. So as I've been talking about A Course in Miracles, you know, the, the big set, the, the big setup is that we are living in a dream or an illusion, which is, you know, from the, the studying that I've done very much like uh, what Buddhism teaches, even uh, Hinduism teaches. So it's not a new concept. Um, I think it's probably new for people that are would consider themselves more Christian, um, possibly even Muslim. I'll be honest, it, um, the Muslim religion is one that um, I know probably the least about, to be honest with you, um, which reminds me that I should probably study up on that some more and read up on some more. So that's, that's something I'm going to write this down. I'm going to add to my reading list uh, for the, the holiday break season that we get in the aerospace industry, which I'm always grateful for. It's awesome to get that week off after Christmas. So the thing that, and this got me when I first started doing A Course in Miracles, especially if, if you've ever done uh, the workbook for students section of A Course in Miracles, the very first lessons are all about how nothing is real. And I think that can really um, really play with uh, folks' minds. Um, and no, I know it did for me because it's really confusing. You know, the, the world seems real. You know, we're also ta uh, taught, uh, if you're Christian or Catholic, that God is everywhere, God is in everything. And even A Course in Miracles will have you do that as a lesson. And so it can be really confusing. Well, how can God be in everything, but how can ev this world that we're seemingly really real to us and living in is, is an illusion or a false reality? And the way that I've come to grips with this is that we are an extension of God and that um, the light of God is shining everywhere. It's just that what has happened is the one mind that decided, and we can talk about the metaphysics a little bit, you know, basically, for whatever reason, don't know why, there is some idea that 
wondered what would it be like to be apart from God or to create apart from God. And then boom, that created this big movie projection screen and all the shadows that are projected out there. Um, And that's the world we think we live in because we got distracted, we turned away from God, but yet that light is constantly shining. That source light is what's projecting all the shadows. But we are creating the scripts, the movies that are being shown out in the world through our mind that split from God. And so A Course in Miracles is is constantly asking, are you sure? Is that really the world that you want to be hanging out in? Um, Because it is pretty crazy. I mean, it literally uses the word insane. I don't know how many times, but it does mention it several times that, you know, the mind that has split from God is literally insane. And so that question keeps coming up. Do you want to keep siding with the insane part of your mind, or do you want to return back to God, back to source? And of course, because we're, we're pretty lost right now uh, as individuals and as a collective mind, um, so what was left behind was the sane part of our mind, which is the Holy Spirit. And so that's the part of the mind that we can constantly work with, constantly ask to heal our mind, constantly ask to heal what we think we see with our eyes. But the first step is realizing that you are dreaming. Um, At least for me, this has been something that I've read over and over again. Um, I've heard it from other A Course in Miracles teachers. Yeah, this is a dream, this is a dream. If you go out on the internets and go into any of the discussion boards or any of the Facebook groups, they'll remind you of that, um, sometimes a little harshly or a little judgy, in my opinion. You know, that's all a dream, like just... Who cares? It's just a dream. But I think they, they're a little cavalier on the just a dream part. I think the just a dream is sort of like that, hey, wake up part. But then the other pieces, and this is part of the forgiveness formula, is realizing, well, I don't want the dream. I would rather have and remember my place in heaven with God. But clearly my mind is still having issues and still projecting all of these movie images that I think are real. And so I'm releasing this to the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit can release all these images and heal my mind. And I think that's, you know, it's a fairly simple process, but when you're in the middle of your day, you're maybe over the holidays with family members, maybe some of them trigger you, you know, remembering to do forgiveness in the moment, that's where it really counts, And but it can be really tough. And so I think that's why we, we all need some kind of reminder. And so A Course in Miracles is that reminder, or other uh, A Course in Miracles teachers. Uh, like, for instance, the last show that we had a couple weeks ago, uh, Reverend Maria Felipe was on the show, a wonderful A Course in Miracles author. Uh, her latest book, Live Your Happy, if you haven't gotten that, it's New World Library. And um, she's also offering a uh, class on December 28th. I wanted to mention that as well, um, where she's just uh, having an online course and basically preparing you for the next year. You know, how do you want to be happy in 2018? So I definitely recommend checking her out. It's Maria Felipe, F-E-L-I-P-E dot com. And please check that out. But I think, again, we all need reminders. And that's why, for me, the reason why I wrote, or I'm in the process of finishing a novel, I feel like I've been talking about this for so long, and people keep writing me, going, wait a second, I thought this, your novel is out, aren't you done? And 
yeah, I've been done at many points and I've been going through and re-editing. Um, because um, for those of you that are writers or have written not just nonfiction, but in this case, this is fiction. You know, it's a lot of content, a lot of material. And I don't know about you guys, but when I've read through material, um, you know, there's always a little spelling error, maybe a little grammatical area that, error that you catch. But at the same time, it's also allowed me to really think and work. And I, I always ask spirit or Holy Spirit, you know, I'm, I'm, is this done yet? Just wait for an answer. Or, you know, is there something that should be added? Is there something that's been missing? And occasionally, you know, I'll just wait and listen. Maybe it'll take a few days and then I'll, and I'll get inspired or I'll hear like, yes, you need to add something about this. So I've, I think my past pattern has been like, okay, I'm done. I wrote everything. I did an edit, you know, one time through. It's time to submit it. Uh, for those of you that may not know, Masters of Love is the novel that I have been writing for over a year now. And I'm actually going to be submitting it to Hay House uh, because of being enrolled in their writer's workshop program. I get an opportunity to submit the manuscript to them by December 24th. So in le- within nine days, the book is going to be submitted. And regardless of you know whether or not Hay House might pick it up, I'm also planning on the self-publishing route, Balboa Press. You know, if I get selected by Hay House, great. Then I get my money back and we get to go down a different path. But regardless, I know that this book is coming out. And it's coming out because I do feel that the story, the main characters in the book, Yeshua, who's Jesus, and his wife, Mary Magdalene, you know, and it's framed from their perspective of living a life of true forgiveness, living a life um, fully devoted and in love with God, um, which is why they were, I think they were happy and joyful, you know, at least 90% of the time because they understood what was happening. They knew that they were just living in a dream, living in an illusion. And so they were able to practice this at a master level to the point where they were both enlightened. Uh, Yeshua definitely was enlightened before he was crucified, which is why I felt it was really important to write about how an enlightened master or being would be going through something to, you know, the rest of the the world that believes in the world. You know, they would look at it and say, oh, my God, that must be the most painful, horrific, agony-laden experience ever. And I felt it was really important to show, well, no, if your mind is healed, if you really are enlightened and one with Holy Spirit and God, that actually it's no big deal. You know, even when the nails were being driven through flesh, I really feel that this is true, that Yeshua or Jesus, he didn't feel anything. He felt no pain at that point because he was so enlightened. And it's been a humbling and really amazing journey to to write about these characters um, who, yes, there's some historical, ref, you know, I think we have some historical reference to these people, but not a whole lot of detail. And so I just really had to use a lot of imagination along with some, in, you know, some tidbits that I'd gotten from Gary Renard's books, who's a wonderful A Course in Miracles author. Uh, so if you haven't checked him out, Gary Renard, G-A-R-Y, Renard is R-E-N-A-R-D, GaryRenard.com. He's got four books out now. His latest book um, 
the lifetimes when Jesus and Buddha knew each other is absolutely amazing. Highly recommend getting that book. Um, get that book. Um, you can get that book first. Doesn't matter if it's that it's his fourth one. It's a standalone book. And then if you really like that, then I highly recommend getting his first book, The Disappearance of the Universe. And you'll notice if you read his books, there's usually like little tiny drops of uh, historical information on, on Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And so I took some of those as input and then wondered what it would be like, you know, being these people. Because um, I think that's the other unique thing about this book is I wrote from Yeshua and Mary Magdalene's first person point of view. So people understood what they were thinking. Because as a, a Course in Miracles says, this is a Course in Mind Training which I think is in the text, chapter two, um, that's where the real work is. It's not out um, doing sermons. It's not out forcing A Course of Miracles on other people. It's doing it with, you know, as a self-study by yourself, doing it in your mind, because that's really where all of the healing takes place. That's where the root cause of all of our issues are. It's within our mind. And so I felt it was really important for the reader to understand exactly what these enlightened beings were thinking, not just doing. Because at least growing up as a Catholic, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on do what this yes, Jesus did, you know, do what the saints did. But that doesn't, that only gets you, you know, the tip of the iceberg. It doesn't get to the the real meat of what it means to be spiritual. I think uh, what it means to be spiritual is occurring at the mind level and also also expressing love. Um, but I think the mind is very important. And so that's a long story <laughs> to get back to uh, my point, which is that uh, after talking with spirit and just sitting and waiting, I was guided to add a couple more chapters to the manuscript. And they're, they're short chapters because they're just meant to be quick parables uh, because one of the things um, my wife Mary and I were really lucky, we, we were able to, we're really grateful for this. We were able to see Gary Renard and his wife Cindy um, a couple weeks ago. Um, they were teaching a workshop in San Diego area, just north of San Diego, in a private home. And um, it was wonderful, amazing workshop, beautiful people, wonderful home, food is amazing. Um, but one of the things that I really appreciated was, uh, as Gary was talking about the new book and he was also talking about what it was like for, um, Yeshua to live in that time and how he gave talks. He actually did give talks, not just small groups, but large groups as well, hundreds to up to thousands of people. And of course, you know, without the use of microphones, uh, I was kind of wondering, well, how did he do this? And of course, Gary answered that question uh, during the workshop. And so back in those times, they would actually have um, people stationed all throughout the crowd, and they would repeat back from the front to the back of the crowd um, what the speaker was saying. So the speaker would say something, you know, maybe a sentence or two, and then wait, wait for it to get all the way to the back of the crowd. And then say something else. And so, that you know, obviously this this would take a while. Um, and so I felt that if Yeshua, you know, were doing parables, they probably weren't very long um, because it would take a while to transmit the messages. And so um, 
It's going to be chapter 16 in the book, Masters of Love. And here's a parable that kind of describes what we had been talking about before, which is what is the dream or what did we create? In this case, it's talking about shadows. So here we go. Chapter 16. Dozens were gathered outside of Jerusalem. And this is in um, Yeshua's point of view. We had been drawing many crowds, especially as we passed through the larger cities. The crowds were growing too big for me to be able to speak and be heard by all. We placed messengers amongst the crowd every 30 yards or so. They would repeat every word I said until the back of the crowd was able to hear. Most were orators or actors and enjoyed being accurate and loud. This was a slow process, which is why speeches to large crowds were fairly short. An older man in the front asked, You seem to not place importance on the material goods of the world. Why is this so? My brother, what you think you see is nothing more than a dream. So why place so much value on a valueless world? Rabbi, what you say confuses me so, and if I must be honest, makes me angry. I have worked hard to build my flock, and what you say is that my work and my property are meaningless? The old shepherd slammed his right hand down, disrupting dirt into a small cloud. All with good ears should listen. I pause to let my words spread to the back of the crowd. God is like the sun, constantly shining, giving love and warmth. I paused again, as this was the basic length I would speak and then wait. It is you that has turned your back to the light and have decided the shadows you see are the real world. Whenever I waited, I enjoyed looking into the faces of the crowd and remembering who each one really is, spirit. You got so engaged thinking God created the shadows, you eventually thought that you are a shadow. Then you interacted with other shadows, some you love, some you hate. Meanwhile, you forgot who you really were and where your home was. Not surprisingly, many in the crowd began talking amongst themselves. Heads were being scratched many shaking their heads in disbelief. Several men pointed at me, spat on the ground, and walked off. A very typical response to my messages of late. My brothers, forgiveness is remembering that the world you see with your eyes is but an elaborate set of shadows that you created. Release these images to the Holy Spirit to heal. Remember that your brothers' and sisters' shadows are really spirit and at home with God. Then, keep remembering to turn back to the light. God is. As I walked away, the crowd broke out in wild conversation. Many minds were open that day, and several others were shut even harder. And so is the way of the collective mind. I forgave this and joined with my father. And so that's chapter 16. So again, it only took a couple minutes to read that chapter, pretty short. Um... But I felt that this is how Yeshua probably did, you know, interacted with the crowd and with the parables that he did. I think in my personal opinion and feeling is that a lot of his main message was probably distorted or literally removed as, um, you know, the what became the New Testament documents were literally edited or um, 
removed or destroyed or lost um, or all of the above. Um, and so I just felt after, especially reading Gary Renard's books and just the few bits of information that we got from his ascended masters and what, you know, Yeshua and Mary Magdalene's life was like, I just felt it was it'd be really interesting to write again, it, fiction, because I am making this stuff up. I'm guessing, I don't know. I have no idea what Yeshua or Mary Magdalene were really like back in those days. I can imagine it felt really good feeling what their lives were like and who they were. But I do feel that, um, again, they practiced and preached forgiveness, which is why A Course in Miracles was channeled and written, because I feel that Yeshua had felt or decided or, the, you know, the Holy Spirit that, it, that this day and age was finally a time to correct his original message that had gotten distorted over the years, you know, it's, which is, I think, you know, on some level innocent because oral tradition is never, in my opinion, going to be very accurate. Um, I think we've all played the game and growing up in grade school, uh, the grapevine game where someone starts a message, whispers it in one person's ear, and then that person whispers on down the line all through the class. And then you get to the last person and that last person repeats the message and, you know, statistically, it would be very rare if that original message went through 20 to 30 to 40, you know, 40 people and came out being the exact same message that started out. I think we've seen demonstrations of that um, all through our lives. I know I have. And it's really a pretty interesting phenomenon. So I always internally <laughs> laugh when I hear people get really uptight and kind of bent out of shape about anyone that doesn't follow the Bible or the New Testament word for word or claim that, you know, it's, it's infallible. It just doesn't make sense to me. How can anything, you know, written by man and, and flown down orally be completely flawless? Anything in this world, my opinion, that would be really a hard argument to say it's completely flawless. Even if it originated from God, it still gets filtered through the minds of men, which is why I think it's a, a good thing to remember, hey, this is a dream. Don't take it so seriously. So that was um, sort of an intro into what is the dream, <laughs> which is, again, something A Course in Miracles talks a lot about. And before we jump into basically being able to live you know, with happiness and joy within the dream, again, I just want to remind anybody we're, we're at the bottom uh, half of the hour here. And if you do feel an urge based on what you heard to call in, maybe you've got a comment or a question, or maybe looking for some intuitive guidance in your own life, can call in at 888-429-5471 or outside the U.S., 323-744-4841. All right. So we are, if you're bought into the idea or if it makes sense to you that this is all an illusion or a dream, and again, the metaphysics is it's the dream that you created, or I created, the collective I, the collective we, which is really, it was one. And what happened was when we separated from God, an aspect of us freaked out and went, whoa, did something wrong. I got to run and hide. And so the mind couldn't take it. The mind was freaked out, really fearful. And so what happens when uh, you go into fear, I go into fear, we go into fear, we start to break down. So the, the mind fractured and splintered and that's what we have today. We have what appears to be different people, different planets, different 
solar systems. Uh, we think we have one universe, but I think science will finally eventually catch up and say, yeah, there's more than one. And if you keep looking, there's going to be more and more and more. Just like if you keep looking at a subatomic level, you keep finding more and more and more because the ego mind loves to keep creating apart from God and hiding out and trying to dangle a carrot out there to keep us trapped in the world. And so we're always going to be finding new crazy stuff. So how can you live with happiness and joy within the dream? Well, I would say probably the first big one is to practice the forgiveness formula. Again, this comes, um, I think, like books like the Gary Renard books are very helpful because it does help to summarize the dense material in A Course in Miracles. Um, people like myself who are used to like PowerPoint presentations at work and kind of like boiling things down, like, hey, what's the summary? Um, I think we need stuff like that. I think it is helpful because A Course in Miracles will kind of summarize things. It'll repeat um, ideas because it's addressing different aspects of the ego mind. But it never really, I think, in my opinion, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, in A Course in Miracles, it was, it's really hard to find the exact forgiveness formula. I found like bits and pieces of it, um, but never in like in one section going, hey, if you're going to practice forgiveness, this is what you need to do. I think, again, because A Course in Miracles is trying to address not just all the different split ego minds that are out in this illusory world, but... You know, from my experience, I can go back and read uh, A Course in Miracles. Like, let's say I'll just pick um, the text. I'm going to, I'm not going to read uh, a section just yet. But basically, because of how the mind becomes undone over time, you can read one section or one paragraph, let's say a year ago, reread it uh, on today's date. And you'll get a completely different meaning of it. Or you'll be like, wow, I get this. I feel it at such a deeper level. Um, and that's because you're meant to keep reading A Course in Miracles over and over again and practicing the workbook. Uh, you know, I think there's a different opinion out there. But like, I think a lot of people think, well, just do it once and you're fine. And I would agree. That's fine. But some might be called to doing the workbook lessons, you know, every day for the rest or every year for the rest of their lives because that there's there's such great reminders and wonderful practices because forgiveness is complicated when you think of each individual person and all the upsets that might come up through the throughout the day and so the idea is that as you heal your mind and practice forgiveness then the dream can become happier you can actually enjoy it more because you're not as disturbed, you're not as disrupted from your peace as before practicing A Course in Miracles and the, the practice of, the, of forgiveness. So for me, the forgiveness formula looks something like this. Um, you know, it could be, you know, you're driving down the road and someone cuts you off and you get upset. Or again, it could be that family member that just always pushes your buttons when they say a certain thing or they get on you for whatever is going on in your life. And so the first step is really just awareness. It's awareness around, okay, I'm upset. Okay, I'm triggered or I'm judging um, another brother or sister or person or a family member, whatever. It doesn't matter. But first catching yourself, then reminding yourself that, hey, this is a dream that I created. You know, this isn't being done to me. This is being done through me. 
and it's being done through me to trap me here so that I do forget about God. I do forget about who I really am and who, what this appearingly separate person really is. And then deciding in that moment that you realize, I'm upset, I created this, it's a dream, decide that you really want God instead of this. And so, and also reminding yourself again of that other person, uh, that they're a spirit and they're a child of God. And then the very last step is to release all these thoughts and images that are happening around you to the Holy Spirit. Just ask for help, ask for healing. Um, Because I think that is another source of the ego to think like, oh, well, I'm doing forgiveness and I'm the one that's performing the forgiveness formula. I'm the one that's performing the healing here when really you're not. You can't because you're still caught up in the part of your mind that is insane, that doesn't see the whole picture. And when you basically let go and allow the Holy Spirit to come in and transform the reality that you see or the relationship that's happening, the Holy Spirit knows how to help everyone involved. Um, whereas you in your own little world won't. Like you might think like, oh, this person's really angry and uh, I'm going to release this to the Holy Spirit or I'm practicing forgiveness so they calm down. I mean, who knows? Maybe that's not the the right, what they really need. Maybe they really need to break down. You know, maybe they really need to get so angry that they something happens with, within them that they realize, wow, I've gone too far. Of course, when the Holy Spirit gets involved, you know, no harm will come. I mean, you know the Holy Spirit is involved when a, a peaceful um, occurrence or ending, I guess, happens within the situation. Maybe not right away or appear to be right away, but as you release, at least you'll feel more peaceful. And so that's that's what I, my version of the forgiveness formula. Again, there's other uh, Course in Miracles authors out there that I think also explain what forgiveness is in really good detail. And I highly recommend um, reading some of their work. You know, again, Gary Gary Renard, Ken Wapnick, Reverend Maria Felipe, um, John Mundy. Uh, there's several more that I'm blanking on. I wish I would have written all of them down. But um, just doing a search on A Course in Miracles or going to Amazon, great way to look up other course authors and see who speaks to you, see what resonates with you. Because I think reading from other Course in Miracles authors is great, and also keep jumping back into the text uh, of A Course in Miracles. And so speaking of that, I'll demonstrate that. I'd like to read another um, paragraph here from A Course in Miracles. And this is from Chapter 18, uh, The Passing of the Dream. And this is Section 1, The Substitute Reality, and it's Paragraph 1. To substitute is to accept instead. If you would but consider exactly what this entails, you would perceive at once how much at variance this is with the goal the Holy Spirit has given you and would accomplish for you. To substitute is to choose between renouncing one aspect of the sonship in favor of the other. For the special purpose, one is judged more valuable and the other is replaced by him. The relationship in which the substitution occurred is thus fragmented, and its purpose split accordingly. To fragment is to exclude, and substitution is the strongest defense the ego has for separation. So I just kind of randomly picked this paragraph because I think 
within, I don't know how many sentences there was here. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, like five or six sentences. There's just jam-packed with information. Um, I think in this particular paragraph, what jumped out to me was the last sentence. To fragment is to exclude. And substitution is the strongest defense the ego has for separation. So again, this idea that the ego really does want to separate, which is something that God would not want to do. God is all about oneness and unity and love, peace, togetherness. But the ego loves to separate things out and make certain things more special than others. So we get caught up in making, again, these shadows so real. And in every single paragraph or section of a course, just this constant reminder, but from a different perspective of the same ideas over and over again. So that's another, um, aside from practicing forgiveness, so again, living with happiness and joy within the dream, just popping in and reading sections from A Course in Miracles and kind of contemplating that, considering it, and how can you apply it in your life, again, without shouting out to the world like, hey, I'm practicing A Course in Miracles, I'm practicing forgiveness, I'm great. Um, Because I know I've been practicing for a while and I'm realizing I'm still not very good at it. (laughs) I have a lot of ways to go. I get caught up quite often. And yet at the same time, I've seen some really amazing benefits and feeling a lot peaceful or quickly returning to peace or more quickly than I had in the past. So at least I'm seeing signs of improvement, but I can see I've got a ways to go as well. Which is why I think another step in, again, living within happiness and joy within the dream is practicing gratitude, just like what we, we do at the beginning of the show, you know, saying something that you're grateful for. Um, even if it's something in this world, that's okay. I mean, if you're enjoying something in this world, keep enjoying it. Um, but if you're not, if something knocks you out of peace or makes you angry or upset or fearful, that's where you want to practice the forgiveness. But if you're feeling good about stuff, that's great. Uh, keep enjoying it and be grateful for all of that. If you're focused again, and I do truly believe, um, you know, that the way the the universe has been set up, even though it's been set up by the ego, that there are certain laws that it obeys. And one of them is whatever you place your attention on is what you're going to manifest. So if you're always thinking of, you know, I'm not in good health or, um, you know, I'm, I don't deserve this, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just going to keep perpetuating itself. Um, when you change your mind, I'm not saying it's not going to take some effort or work on your part, but once you change your mind, at least that door opens, that opportunity opens for different things to happen to you in this life, in this dream, which is why when you practice forgiveness, um, what I love about this, the idea of healing your mind is that, again, no matter what happens to you, even if it appears to be, you know, quote unquote bad, you know, as judged by the outside world or people around you, if you're totally healed and at peace, it won't matter, just like it did with uh, Yeshua or Jesus on the cross. He was pretty much just hanging out, just trying to demonstrate to everybody he's okay. He feels great. That clearly wasn't um, a wonderful, (laughs) uh, you know, judging it from afar, that wasn't a wonderful experience um, to probably that we would choose to go through. But he intentionally went through it to demonstrate, hey, when you're completely healed, no big deal. So the, the last thing that I wanted to talk about was learning to work with the Holy Spirit. Um, this is something for me that has 
I don't know why it took this long, but it did. After you know reading a course for over a decade, it really only struck me maybe two years ago, three years ago, to start working with the Holy Spirit, especially at work, which is why I wrote a book called Forgiveness, Inc., um, which talks about how I applied A Course in Miracles in a large corporation. And, you know, it's kind of funny because a lot of people would be like, well, of course, The Course in Miracles talks about working with the Holy Spirit. Why wouldn't you do that at work? Well, I don't know why. I, I just separated my spiritual life and my work life in my mind, and I didn't apply A Course in Miracles a lot at work. I just kind of went through my day, let it happen to me, get up, you know, got upset, would occasionally remember to do forgiveness, and then I'd go home, and that's when I'd be more spiritual or more forgiving. And I realized, wow, that's that's pretty crazy. Why would I why would I separate those? So, when learning to work with the Holy Spirit, I'd say the first step is learning how to communicate with the Holy Spirit. And so, the first step is literally just putting your attention on the Holy Spirit, or um, Ron Roth would used to say, he wrote a book literally called Holy Spirit, and he would say, Holy Spirit, come. So again, just getting yourself, your mind ready to interact and communicate with the Holy Spirit, that's step one. Then ask a question, and it could be anything, you know, uh, Holy Spirit, should I still, should I stay in this job? Holy Spirit, what should I do with this person that keeps agitating me? Um, And then just wait, just listen. Uh, and maybe you don't have that luxury. Maybe you're at work and you're like, okay, I want some guidance around this, but I'm too busy. I'm running in between meetings. Ask the question, let it go, and then your question will eventually be answered. But I would say start practicing in a way where you can clear some space, some time, so that you can either write, wait and write answers, uh, meditate, see if you get anything. Like, can you hear something? Can you feel a response? Um And then think about people that come into your life or that are in your life right now. Maybe you're having difficulty with. Maybe just think about them and ask the Holy Spirit, you know, what should you do in this situation? And you might be surprised at what you get back. Or maybe you get nothing back. And that's okay. Just keep waiting. Keep asking. Keep waiting. Um, Because I'd say it is a muscle to listen and to hear communication back from Holy Spirit. Because it is, uh, my experience and my understanding is it is very subtle. Uh, It's not like you get these golden flashes of light. Maybe some people do, but for most people, it's not. (laughs) It's typically just like a gentle voice or gentle feeling or just sort of like these nudges. Or maybe it's other people coming into your life and saying like, hey, you know, you seem really lonely. You should move. And I say that because that literally happened to me. I was in a place in my life back in... Gosh, I think this was like 2005, 2006. Uh, I was thinking about moving, but I wasn't sure. I was kind of afraid. It seemed like a big step. And I would literally, I just said, you know, hey, Holy Spirit, let me know if this is what I should be doing. And I literally would have strangers and people, acquaintances, would literally just say, you know, you seem lonely. You should move. Like, wow. You know, that's an example of maybe not hearing voices from within, but actually having external help arrive to help point the way. Like I always tell people, if you hear something three or more times, that's the Holy Spirit saying, yep, go for it. That's reassurance. Do that. And along along the way, as you take the steps, practice forgiveness because things don't always work out the way 
you would like in your mind, but if you put your faith in the Holy Spirit, it's going to work out for the greater good. Okay. And so again, this idea of patience when working with the Holy Spirit. So you might sit with the questions and answers um, until it's overwhelming what you should do. Like I've been trying that a lot lately where I've slowed things down because I used to maybe hear something, and this is a an example, a wild example, that something like, um, Holy Spirit, where should I go today? You know, maybe I hear go left, and then I would take off running, and I'd go left, and maybe things just weren't working out very well, and I'd be like, well, what the heck, what's going on here? And what I've realized is I need to learn to wait and be patient, because sometimes go left <laughs> would have been followed by if you want to experience a lot of pain and suffering. So I'm learning patience. I'm learning slowing down and asking and then and then re-asking and then re-asking until it's just definite. Like, yes, I've heard the same response, you know, five times, ten times. So, okay, great. And again, this doesn't have to be like a huge time frame. It could be just within hours or several days. But again, just the idea of patience is important, I think, and slowing down. And then to remember this, that spirit does not want you to learn through pain. That is a trick of the ego. Again, getting back to, you know, Jesus died for our sins. He spilled his blood. You know, in my opinion, in my feeling, is that that's the total opposite of what Yeshua was trying to tell us. That if you're communing with God, if you're joining with the Holy Spirit and asking for your mind to heal, then all of these experiences— that are occurring or appear to occur to you can be pain-free. And I do feel that when, if, when you let things go and let the Holy Spirit come in, then the majority of the resolutions you're going to find and experience are going to be very peaceful resolutions or solutions. Uh, they may, may seem a little tough at first because I think we're in an age or generation where we expect results you know, within minutes or seconds. But um, sometimes it may take a little time because, again, you don't know who else or what else is involved in the situation and how the healing for the greater good needs to occur. But I do think that that's a sign, uh, at least like when you feel peaceful or you see um, like a, a peaceful ending that involves many people that you never could have thought of before, um, then that's a sign that you're definitely working and letting the Holy Spirit come in and help heal things and bring your life to an even better place. Which, again, is the, really the kind of the last step when learning to work with the Holy Spirit, which is to trust and to let go. Um, because you really cannot know the best path forward in your life. Uh, we all, I think, are trained or told that we think we do, which is why a lot of people have, I think, control issues. I know I have and have had control issues, uh, especially in the working world. But the more that I've learned to trust and to let go, I've realized the Holy Spirit can actually bring resolutions um, that I never would have thought of. And this can actually happen even in the workplace. Again, I wrote about this in Forgiveness, Inc. And I, I had to deal, for whatever reason, um, when I became a manager, I only was a manager for a couple of years, but it was extremely stressful for me. Uh, and I Thank God I had A Course in Miracles because I don't know if I would have made it without it. And I barely made it, to be honest with you, because I had so much happen at one time. 
And I had to work with so many difficult people at different levels at one time that it was pretty overwhelming. And then I had to learn that I, I couldn't solve any of these problems or I couldn't help any of these people that were really making things very difficult um, for like the work team environment in the workplace. And so I was essentially forced to learn how to let go and let the Holy Spirit or let God come into situations and heal them. And I was blown away over and over again how my seeming problems would go away. People would, uh, people issues would resolve or even technical things, things like um, trying to get work done and getting meeting roadblocks, roadblocks. And my old pattern would have been, okay, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep shoving, which is what I was also being told to do by you know, like higher ups in the chain, uh, the management chain. And then when I started to realize, wait a second, this isn't really my job. Uh, if my job really is to to be forgiving and to just be with God again, then this shouldn't be an issue. I should really be focused more on God and less focused on pushing on these people or these processes. And so the more I would let go and trust and say, Holy Spirit, uh, this is upsetting me. I would rather it not upset me. Help me out here. <laughs> Help me out, buddy. And I Every time, I can't think of a single time where I was let down or things just didn't work out in this wonderful way. Every time that I remember to do it. Um, and that, to me, has been reinforcing the trust, peace, and the Holy Spirit. And the realization that I really don't know everything and I really don't know how to solve the problems of the world, but the Holy Spirit does. And I think if you practice this, especially this piece, learning to work with the Holy Spirit, I think that you'll find a sure path to the happy dream with, within this reality. And I think this is what's meant for us to experience over and over and over again. And so I really hope that this um, discussion today was really helpful for you, whether you're listening live or listening to the recorded audio. And once again, I just want to invite uh, those of you that are listening, if you go to kreitsa.com, K-R-Y-T-S-A dot com and sign up for the newsletter um, you'll get a free ebook today and then for those that sign up on december 15th 2017 i'll also email you back and see if you would like a free 60 minute uh, intuitive session and so as as you sign up let's just grow our community and strengthen our relationship and love of god who is love because god is so We'll see you in two weeks. Uh, I'm working to see if maybe we'll get a guest in here, but maybe not, depending uh, what's going on around the Christmas holiday. And so I look forward to talking with all of you divine spirits very soon. And feel free to drop me a line if you have any questions. You can go to my website at krytsa.com and go to the contact page. I'd love to hear from you. So for now, take care. Love you very much. And we'll talk soon.